Well, this morning, we're continuing in the book of Acts. I've been going through the story of the early church. Uh, it's been very exciting, of course. Jesus ascended to heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit to be the power of God inside of each of his disciples, sent them out to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. As they were doing that, of course, they faced all kinds of persecution that scattered the church all over. And we've been following the stories of some of them as they are scattered and ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and his forgiveness of sins and eternal life that he offers. And so this morning we're going to be in Acts chapter 11 looking specifically at the ministry of a man named Barnabas. Some of you might know that name. A lot of you, I'm sure, are probably unfamiliar with who Barnabas is. And so you're going to learn this morning about Barnabas and this ministry of encouragement that he had and why it is so important. And so I'm going to read Acts 11, 19 to 26. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the, of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. And when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Let me pray before we continue. Father, we pray that you would please prepare our hearts and our minds to hear, to receive, to understand what this means and apply it to our lives, Lord. And transform us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit as we spend this time in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. So most of the first apostles, they stayed in Jerusalem. That was kind of the center of early Christianity. But Antioch, as we're going to find out today, becomes one of the major hubs of early Christianity. And it's this multinational, multi-ethnic group that forms this church here in Antioch. And it says this is where they were first called Christians. Good trivia in case you ever need that someday. And the church in Jerusalem had this habit of sending out one of their leaders every time there was a move of God happening just to kind of do quality control to make sure this was actually something of God. And so they send Barnabas, one of their leaders, to go and check out what's happening in Antioch. And if you don't remember where we've heard the name Barnabas before, let me refresh your memory. He showed up twice so far. The first time was in Acts chapter 4. Oh, there's Antioch, Jerusalem down at the bottom, Antioch there in the middle. Uh, so he first showed up in Acts chapter 4, right after the church grew after Pentecost. It says this, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. So remember, the church is forming, and they're so excited about this new community that's gathered that a lot of them are selling their possessions, selling what they have, so there'll be money to take care of those who are in need in their community. And among those, it says, is this guy named Joseph. But the apostles give him a nickname. They nickname him Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. There obviously was something about this man, Barnabas, that was such an encouragement to others that they actually gave him this nickname. The son of encouragement. That's who Barnabas is. And so he comes, he, he sells a field, he gives the proceeds to help those who are in need. Next time he shows up is, is in Acts chapter 9. It's another pivotal moment in church history. Saul, this persecutor of the church, 
has met Jesus on the road to Damascus, the risen Jesus, and been completely transformed. But the church, of course, is afraid of this guy because he's been going everywhere, throwing Christians in prison, trying to get them killed. And so they're obviously very nervous about him. And so when Saul came to Jerusalem in Acts 9, 26, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. I mean, Saul, of course, becomes known as Paul to most of us. And you think about the difference that Paul made in the early church and the history of this world and how it almost didn't get off the ground here because he comes saying, I've met Jesus, I'm a follower of Jesus, and naturally the disciples do not believe him. This is a guy who's been coming and throwing people in prison, trying to kill people. Obviously, he's a fake infiltrating the church here, right? But Barnabas stands up and vouches for him and says, no, no, he's met Jesus. I've seen the evidence of the grace of God in his life. And he brings him into the church community in Jerusalem, and the world is changed as a result. So even though, you know, Barnabas just shows up a few times, and you might not even have heard his name, he's showing up at these pivotal moments in the history of the church and having this huge impact, this son of encouragement. And so in Acts 11, as we just read, he shows up on the scene. It says, when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. So Barnabas goes as quality control to check out what's happening in Antioch. And he sees the evidence of the grace of God. He encourages them to remain true and faithful to Jesus. And then he needs to find someone to help teach these young Christians. And so he remembers Saul. He goes off to Tarsus to find him. He brings him to Antioch to teach alongside him, to train up this church. And I want to use the life and ministry of Barnabas just to talk a little bit this morning about encouragement and this vital ministry of encouragement. So the first thing we learn from this is that an encourager points out the evidence of God's grace in your life. It's the first thing that we see Barnabas doing is that he goes down and he sees the evidence of God's grace in the community there. And the word encouragement in Greek is this word parakaleo. Maybe you've heard this word before. And it's a, this compound word, para meaning to come alongside, like paramedic, paraeducator. And then kaleo, to call. And so this word encouragement, this parakaleo, is, it's translated many different ways throughout the New Testament. You're going to, for example, sometimes it means, it's, 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 it's translated as like entreat or beseech or plead. Like you're asking someone, encouraging, exhorting someone. So sometimes it's exhort or urge. Sometimes it's about comforting and cheering up, consoling. It's got a wide kind of lexical range, this word parakaleo, that we kind of translate sometimes just encourage. But sometimes it's encouraging like the depressed and and the despondent in despair to console them and cheer them up. Sometimes it's exhorting people to, you know, get with it and, and, and follow after Jesus with your whole heart. Sometimes it's challenging people. Sometimes it's pleading with people. It kind of is all encapsulated in this word, parakaleo, the encourager. And so, in other words, encouragement is more than just saying, you know, you got this, right? It's not just kind of giving people that, like, attaboy, like, you got this, you can do this. It's got this picture of someone who comes alongside 
another person or group of people to help them become the person God has called them to be. Just read that definition over and let it sink in. The encourager, the parakaleo here. It's got the sense of a person who comes alongside another person or a group of people and helps them to become the person that God has called them to be. The first thing that Barnabas does upon arriving, it says that he recognized the evidence of God's grace. He, he recognized God is at work here. He sees the activity of God. And then he encourages the church to remain faithful to Jesus. But more than that, again, the person who had the biggest impact on the early church was, of course, Saul, who becomes known as Paul. And Barnabas is the one from the very beginning who saw the evidence of the grace and work of God in Paul. Again, think of how different the world would be if it weren't for Barnabas, the one who vouched for Paul, the one who said, no, I see in this man, not a murderer, not someone we need to be afraid of, not someone we need to shun from the church, I see the evidence of God's grace and God's work in this man. And he is the one who brought him to Jerusalem. And now, when he needs someone to come and teach the Christians at Antioch, he sails for Tarsus and goes and finds Saul and brings him back to be the guy to work alongside him. And if you keep reading in Acts, you're going to find almost every other time Barnabas' name is mentioned, it's in conjunction with Saul or Paul. Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul. They go out on missionary journeys together. This son of encourager, son of encouragement. This is what it means to be an encourager, to come alongside another person or a group of people and help them become the person God has called them to be. He is the one who sees in Paul what God has created him to be. He is the one who calls out of Paul this person who becomes this teacher and leader and missionary. Again, he gets such little press in the Bible, Barnabas, but it's such important ministry. I don't know if you have anyone in your life like this or if you've ever had anyone in your life like this, someone who has come alongside you, seen evidence of God's work in your life, helped you become everything that God has created you to be. When I think of this, I think back to 1997. Let me see if I have a, uh, a blurry picture. I'm up there somewhere. This is me and the youth group at South United Methodist Church in Manchester, Connecticut. They hired me as the summer youth director when I was at UConn, and I spent my sophomore year and junior year summers there leading the youth group. I had no idea what I was doing, but I learned on, on the job kind of how to lead teenagers to Jesus, how to teach them about the Bible. And I remember my junior year that summer, we had a group called Musicon Ministries that I was on staff with that came to South United Methodist to do a ministry there. And they had gathered people together for prayer at some point. And the leader of that group, his name was John he, he just kind of paused everything, and he called me up next to him, and he said, you know, I just want to recognize that I see in Eric, who's the host, you know, hosting us here, the evidence of someone who has, you know, God working in his life, someone who, someone who has a gift of, of ministry. And he said, so let's spend some time in prayer for Eric. Life-changing moment for me, right? 21-year-old Eric has no idea what he's doing, but knows that there's a love for teenagers, a love for youth ministry, doesn't know what that's going to mean long term, but here's someone older, wiser in the faith, recognizing in me the gift, the grace of God, calling it out, encouraging it, 
having people pray for me. If I look back, that was such a turning point in my life where I said, you know what? I think it is ministry that I want to do with my life. I think I do want to do youth ministry. And I followed God's call from there on out saying, what does this look like to follow you into youth ministry, Lord? That is an encourager. That is someone who knows you well enough to see and call out of you the activity of God in your life, the presence of God, the work of God. Say, I see God working in your life. I see what God is doing. I think most of us suffer from imposter syndrome, right? You ever heard of that phrase? That, that phrase that encapsulates the way we feel like frauds in so many ways, like, you know, when is everyone going to get, get, look around and realize that, like, I shouldn't be up here, right? I shouldn't be doing this job. So many of us are held back from becoming what it is that maybe God has called us to do or from taking risks because who are we? We know the truth about ourselves. So many of us just look around and feel like we don't belong. How important is it to have an encourager? Someone with this ministry of parakaleo who can come alongside us and see in us the work of God and can call that out and encourage us to become the person that God has called us to be. So Barnabas, this ministry of encouragement, the first thing that he does that we see is that he points out the evidence of God's grace and God's activity. First in the church there in Antioch and then in Saul, in Paul. Saying this is someone that God is working in. I want him to come and be the teacher of this community. Second thing though, is the encourager calls us to be faithful to God. It's not just kind of coming and saying, I see God at work, but also I'm going to help you get to where God has called you to go. Again, that phrase says he arrived, he saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad, he encouraged them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. You know, it's not just vague encouragement, right? Again, it's not just you got this, you can do this. It's I'm going to encourage you to remain faithful and true to God. I'm going to encourage you towards the man, towards the woman that God has called you to be. That's a true encourager. Seeing the work of God in your life, calling out of you that work, encouraging you towards the man, the woman that God has called you to be. Not just saying, you're perfect the way you are, right? But saying, no, I want to see you become all that God has created you to be. You're not there yet, but I want to help you get there. And that can take many forms. Again, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it can take the form of comforting and consoling the discouraged. So often it's people need encouragement because they're just discouraged and weary along the way and they want to give up. Anyone ever been in that place? Where the encouragement that you need is someone who says, God is not through with you. God is not done with you. Do not give up. God will complete the good work he's begun in you. He's always working everything together for good. So let me encourage you to continue, to get back up. His grace is sufficient for you. His power is made perfect in weakness. All of those verses that encourage us when we're despondent and despair to continue, to get back up. Think of 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Paul writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That's parakaleo. That's encouragement. That's one aspect of the ministry of encouragement is that as we've been comforted and encouraged by God, we go out, we comfort and bring ministry, the ministry of comfort to others who are suffering. 
This is a word you probably have not used often in your life. Beseeching, entreating. Kind of has that, uh, it means like to ask urgently, to implore. So that's another element of this. Calling someone to faithfulness. Beseeching those who need to be strengthened and inspired. Reminding them of God's truth and God's purposes. Think of 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. Paul wrote, For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. This is the, this is the ministry of just encouraging, be, be, beseeching, entreating, imploring, exhorting, all of that, bringing the God's word to bear, to inspire to push people along, to move people along in faithfulness, reminding them of the truth, the promises of God. The third, exhorting and speaking the truth in love to those who need to be confronted. That's another element of encouragement. When someone knows you well enough to call out of you the things that need to be confronted. Does anyone have anyone in their life like that? Someone who loves you enough to speak the truth and love to you when you need to hear it. Think of Paul in Ephesians 4, 11 and 15. He said, it was he, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by the wind of every teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. How do we grow up? How do we mature? When people speak the truth in love to us. And you think about that phrase, speaking the truth in love, and it's often helpful to think of things like that on a continuum. On the one end of the continuum, you have those who aren't afraid to speak the truth, but they don't necessarily do it in love. Anyone have someone like that in their lives? Anyone like that sometimes? You know, they just need to hear it. They just need to hear it. I'm just going to say it. I don't care how it comes out. There's that end of the continuum of those who speak the truth, but they're not really concerned about the love part. And there's the other end of the continuum where people are so concerned about the love that sometimes they forget the truth. And it becomes flattery or lying. Just saying things because you want to make sure the other person loves you. But the call, he says, of encouragement is to speak the truth in love. To not be afraid to say hard things. To not be afraid to confront where necessary, but to do it from a place of love. That I am coming alongside you and helping you become the person God has created you to be. I'm going to speak the truth in love. Or as it says in Hebrews 3, 12 to 13... Did I lose it? I lost it. Hebrews 3, 12 to 13. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Again, he says, encourage one another so that you will not become hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's what we're talking about here. Speak the truth in love. Encourage each other so that people don't become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, so that they are, have the sin in their life pointed out in love so that they can turn from that, so they can become all that God has created them to be. 
So again, this is what we're talking about here. The ministry of encouragement, parakaleo, Barnabas, what he does is first he recognizes the work of God, the grace of God in people's lives, in the church, in Antioch, in Saul's life. And then he comes alongside them to help them become all that God has created them to be. Whether it's comforting and consoling the discouraged, beseeching those who need to be strengthened, inspiring, reminding them of God's truth and promises, or whether it's exhorting and speaking the truth in love to those who need to be confronted. All of that is encapsulated in the ministry of encouragement. Life is hard, in case you didn't learn that already. If you haven't learned that yet, you will eventually. Life is hard. It is not easy. Life is hard. How important is it to have people in your life who encourage you? How important is it to be an encourager to others so that when you are just beaten down and depressed and just feel like you cannot go on, you have someone who knows you well enough can come alongside you and lift you up and encourage you and strengthen you and pray for you? Or when you're just kind of in a rut, someone who can remind you of the truth and promises of God, the call in your life, and inspire and encourage you to get back in the game, to keep following him. Or someone who loves you enough to encourage and exhort and confront you with your sin. To call you to leave that behind so that you might become the person God has created you to be. Life is hard and we need encourage. Encouragers. And if you're going to be encouraged, let me leave you with these three things quickly that you need. If you're going to be an encourager, you need to know a person. You know what I mean? You need to actually know people. This is not, again, what I'm talking about here is just like, you know, posting on Facebook. You got this. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about actually knowing a person well enough to know what they need and how to encourage them. Who they are and who God has called them to be. How to come alongside them and minister to them when they need to be confronted, when they need to be lifted up, when they need to be reminded of the truth and promises of God. You need to actually know people if you're going to be an encourager. One of the challenges, again, with our world is that so much is done online. People just have all these relationships and they're online. But you need to be able to spend time face-to-face with people if you're going to be an encourager. This is why we have community groups at our church. This is why we encourage you to get together with people outside of Sunday. Because if you're going to be an encourager, you need to be able to do that face-to-face with people. To express it, not just in writing, but non-verbally, you know, with your love, with your, with your care, with your support. You need to know a person. You need to be in a relationship. Secondly, you need to know God's word. Because if you're going to encourage people towards the person God has created them to be, you need to know who God has created them to be. And that, encourage, that, in, in, that means also knowing God's word. Being able to encourage people with the truth and promises of God. And then lastly, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, it defines, it it describes Barnabas as a man who is a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Remember in John 14, 26, that Jesus was preparing his disciples for his leaving. And he said this to them. But the counselor... You know what that word counselor is in Greek? It's the word paraclete. He is the encourager, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Everything we've been talking about here, all this parakaleo ministry of the one who 
sees you, who knows you, who comes alongside you and helps you become all that God has created you to be, this is the paraclete. This is the one who has this ministry. It's the Holy Spirit. He's called the paraclete, the counselor. That's who Jesus calls him, the advocate, the one who knows you, the one who comes alongside you, the one who points you to Jesus and helps you become all that God has created you to be. Whether it's comforting you, consoling you when you're despondent, whether it is reminding you of the truth and promises of God, whether it is confronting you with your sin, those are all the ministries of the Holy Spirit. And so if you're going to be an encourager, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to learn from the Master, the paraclete, the encourager. So if you're going to be an encourager, again, I encourage you, you need to know a person. You need to actually spend time getting to know people. You need to know God's Word, and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what we're talking about this morning, this ministry of Barnabas that for many of you probably you weren't even aware of that's been under the radar when it comes to church history. This is what we're talking about. Barnabas is the encourager, the son of encouragement. They nicknamed him that. Even though his name was Joseph, they called him the son of encouragement because of this ministry that he had. To come alongside people, to see evidence of the grace of God in the lives of people in their communities, and to be able to come alongside and help people become all that God had created them to be. Let's respond with a minute in silence and just ask God to reveal to you this morning, who can you be an encourager to? Who in your life can you come alongside and do this for? Amen. Father, we ask you this morning to fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, that he is the paraclete, the comforter, the advocate. He is the one who comes alongside us, who, who brings out of us the evidence of God's grace in our lives, and who helps us become the man, the woman that you created us to be. Help us to yield to his ministry. And Lord, we pray that you would put on our hearts those in our lives who need our encouragement, whether it's children, siblings, friends, whoever it might be, Lord, that you might be calling us to speak into their lives, to let them know, listen, I see God moving in your life. I see God working in your life in these ways. Who is it that we can come alongside and encourage and pray for and help towards Christ-likeness. Help us to be a church of encouragers, Lord, that encourages each other the way that the Holy Spirit encourages us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.